Hello and welcome to the Beehive Jive. We are a podcast coming from South London in the United Kingdom. Um, and we're Paul and Tracy, two beekeeping friends who like to get together and talk about our adventures and misadventures in more, beekeeping. More misadventure. More, <laughs> more misadventures in this episode, sadly. That was a fantastic intro. Thank you. You've cracked it. I thought, I've cracked it. You need to crack it. I know. I'm awful. But I, I thought at one point you were going to actually give the postcode as well. <laughs> I'm going to give the zip code you of the address. Come in. <laughs> you, yes. Okay. We'll move on from that. It was that. great. We Thank might you. just cut that out and just, just pre record it. Yeah. Cut and paste. <laughs> so we haven't been for a while, have we? Because it's been no, very when busy. When was the last one? It must have been about four, five, six weeks ago. Because mm. I've changed a new job. So I've, I've been off learning. About the cloud. So you just started this week, didn't you? No, I've been there two weeks now. Oh, is it two weeks? Yeah. It's my third week coming up. It's great. Loving it. Cool. Very interesting people. Cool. Free coffee and fruit. Can't go wrong. Good food. Good places to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After this, I'll tell you my, my story, the lunatic I met on the uh, on a flight. I got trapped next to a guy who's absolutely bonkers. I knew he was in trouble. Was when he, he frightened or- of flying or something like no, that? No, no, no. So um, I sat down. I was like an aisle seat and he, he, was, he was on the window. And in between was uh, a lady. And they come round with a trolley and said, oh, do you want a drink? And I don't drink, really drink alcohol on the plane. So I said, I'll have a cup of tea. And the guy goes, can I have a bottle of wine? So they give him one of those little bottles of wine. <laughs> <laughs> then he looked at the, looked at the hostess and goes, oh, can I have five more? And she gave him five of those little bottles of water, and I thought, oh, okay, I mean, I'm in for an adventure. Oh, that surprises me that, that she gave that. <laughs> she, I mean, she, just looked sitting at, there thinking, she just looked at him. Well, he had to pay for them. So she just looked at him and went, yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm going in a minute. I could see her thinking. And he, and he just smashed, the, <laughs> smashed these six little bottles of red wine. <laughs> Maybe he'd had a bad day. I don't know. He was all right. It wasn't was it trouble. in the morning? <laughs> it was in the, well, it was about four o'clock in the afternoon. But yeah. it was just, I thought, oh, His we meeting hadn't gone well. <laughs> yeah. And then he, he started talking to the lady next to him. And he just did not shut up for the rest of the flight. But I don't care because I had noise cancelling headphones on and I was listening to podcasts. So, yeah. There's another part of that story which I'll tell you afterwards. Off air. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I look forward to that. So, yeah. So, start a new job. And then obviously, it hasn't stopped raining for four weeks. It's been just absolutely hideous. Wettest June on record. Really? Yeah. I think that's right. I'm sure I heard that. Yeah. yeah. I was driving home a couple of weeks ago and it was raining. It'd been raining solidly for three days and the water was coming through the drains. It was coming yeah, up through the drains. Yeah. Like bubbling back up. Yeah. It's like end times. <laughs> it's felt, it has felt <laughs> into the world. Kind of biblical. And I'm really not into that stuff, but. My God, I mean, I just, it's just been relentless. Yeah. Relentless cold and rain, and so everyone's it, going crazy because their poor bees can't get out. Yeah. Is this where we do the sponsorship for the British Tourist Board? <laughs> Visit England.com. <laughs> Visit England, bring an umbrella. Yes. <laughs> Actually, Kevin from um, Beekeeping yeah. Corner is coming to England. Oh, is he? But don't worry, Kevin. Did you warn him? The weather will be a lot better. It's, it's getting better. It's going to be, there's a, it's all thunderstorms on Tuesday. Yeah. But after that, it's going to be up in the 30s. Yeah, but the forecast is rubbish. It's never accurate. I mean, I would say I probably spend about 20 minutes a day having a rant about the forecasts. I've got six weather apps and they're all wrong. 
<laughs> so, um, yeah, it's just, you know, every day that dawns, you just think, what's the weather going to be like today? And it says, the forecast will say sunshine and showers. And you'll get maybe, I don't know, an hour of sunshine in the morning. And then it just starts raining and raining and raining and raining. Um, so, yeah, oh, I feel like I need some kind of, I don't know, intervention to help me deal with this. I think you need a sun lamp. <laughs> I need five bottles of wine. That's what I need. <laughs> five bottles of wine. In fact, that's what I do every night. <laughs> five, five bottles of airline wine in little plastic bottles. <laughs> but like I think we said on the last podcast, I don't know if we did, about how beekeeping can be a really stressful hobby sometimes. Well, for me it's just got yeah majorly more stressful. Because you've had a nightmare, haven't you, this last couple of weeks? I've had, yes. It's taken me some time to be able to talk about it, which is partly right. why the podcast is is delayed. Shall I? Well, I lost. Well, uh, you go. Hang on. I'm going to sit back and we'll do some. Jot uh... <laughs> some whiskey for that. I might need it. I might need it. <laughs> um, it's a, I, yeah, it's a very sad story. This is so, the saddest podcast ever. This is the saddest podcast ever. Um, well, for beekeeping, for me, there's probably other sadder <laughs> podcasts. Well, yes, yeah. Um, I won't guess what they might be, but because um, <laughs> we could be here for some time. But I, my bees got chronic um, bee paralysis virus. Uh, I first noticed it on the fifteenth of May. The bee inspector came out, and within a week, my three strongest colonies were dead. Um, and then I had a further six that were slowly collapsing, so I had to destroy them. I was advised by the bee inspector to destroy them, which I had to do. Um, and I've got three there which are which are sick, and I thought they were kind of hanging on, uh, but I went up there yesterday, and, I mean, there's a noticeable decrease in population. So... It's just, it. I mean, it. I can kind of talk about it now. But when I when it was, I mean, well, you know what it was. Yeah, what you, I was you like. Were, you were very yeah. uh, unhappy. Yeah, yeah. It was really, really stressful because, of course, your instinct is to do everything that you can to stop it progressing in the apiary. And it's just like every day I went there, there'd be another hive that was sick, and then another. And the, the most awful thing for me was in front of every hive you would have a massive when I first discovered it massive massive piles of dead bees over a really large area so thousands and thousands of bees which were decomposing which really smell as well um and of course they're still infectious so the bee inspector said to me you've got to pick them up you know they're not just going to decompose there and go away you need to pick them up so I had to get down on my hands and knees and just scoop I'm not joking bin load um, bin bin bag loads of of bees it's just been it's been awful sounds brutal it's been awful but you're now an expert bizarrely you're an expert in uh, bee virus. I said to the bee inspector you know I don't think enough is taught about it because I mean you know we've all heard of it and you, you often get told, oh, uh, that's chronic bee paralysis virus is when you get like black shiny bees 
Um, and then it's left at that. So like that's type one of the virus and type two is the type I had where it looks like all your bees have been poisoned. And in fact, I thought they had been poisoned and most people do think that. Um, and I jumped to a conclusion and was running around the neighbourhood saying, who's been spraying, you know, my bees have been poisoned, um, when maybe I, I shouldn't have done that. But um, anyway, whatever. But, yeah, so I think a lot more needs to be known. But, I mean, really, as I said to you earlier, if someone had said to me, you're going to lose all your bees, um, well, most of your bees, I would have thought foul brood or something like that. Yeah. This was not on my radar. Chronic bee paralysis virus was not on my radar in this way. And you were saying it, the, the, the kind of two things that contribute. Because I've noticed if you I follow a couple of bee farmers on Twitter in the UK, and they're, you know, one of them's got hit by a foul brood and they're just saying it's like a – because I guess because it's raining a lot, the bees aren't getting out. They can't but, get out, yeah. But you were saying it's a common – the bee inspector, it sounds like she was fantastically helpful. She was absolutely brilliant, Hillary. Thank Hillary. you, Hillary, so much. She was really, really supportive and has put me in touch with someone who's just got funding to study this. Um, this it's a virus, actually, chronic yeah. bee paralysis virus, um, clearly. Um, but it affects big, strong colonies much more than it does small colonies through the fact that when it's raining and they can't get out and you've got a big a big colony all shut in together, hemmed in together, they rub up against each other and rub the hairs off each other. Oh, okay. And the virus gets in through the cuticle is what I read. So obviously in a smaller colony wow. when they've got a bit more space. But see, I did, I did all the textbook stuff, which, you know, not before I even knew what it was, I gave them supers because I could tell there were lots of bees in there. It was raining. I gave them supers. I fed them because I couldn't get out um, and it didn't do any good. But so, I mean, what an absolute disaster. Like it's been just catastrophic, but the, horrible. But you were saying that the, the, the thing that uh, – hang on. Let me, let me think about what I'm going to say before I say it. You, you want to take a picture of this? It very rarely happens. Um, so you were saying that that what the bee inspectors are saying that the, the virus is always there. All bees, it's, it's yeah. in every hive has this virus. Yeah, like deformed wing virus. Yeah. yeah. But what 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 brings it to the point where it causes a colony to collapse is density of bees. So having yeah. a lot of bees, and then them essentially being trapped in locked in. So we yeah. had two weeks of consistent rain. Yeah. So the fact that you had big, yeah. bizarrely, because as a beekeeper, you think I've got a really big, strong hive. I'm, I'm perfectly placed. But yeah. it's the fact you had a really big, strong hives, and then they got locked in. Yeah. And then they kind of started rubbing up against each other. Yeah. It would have been so crowded in there because it was a big colony, even with the supers on it. You've got well, you've always had, always had big colonies. So you know they're fourteen by twelve colonies and. Yeah, so that's – and then I guess it just gets to some kind of critical point where it just triggers the virus. But I have never – I've never seen anything so catastrophic where literally for my massive big colonies to die within a week, I, I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, it was just almost like this can't be happening. I mean, it was. But um, – and to know there wasn't much you could do to stop it spreading – 
So the other thing I know is because I did some, if you remember, I did some training um, back at the beginning of May. I did a like a bee handling course and oh, yeah. I did another course. Um, on one of those they found foul brood in that apiary and the bee inspector was saying there's a lot of foul brood around this year as well. So there's a lot of this chronic bee paralysis virus and there's a lot of foul brood and it's the weather. And she said to me, if we get a good week, a good weather week, nice and sunny where the bees can get out and fly, it will really help it clear up. But, of course, we haven't had that. No. We've just had rain upon rain upon rain. So hence my other call. I mean, you know, maybe if the weather changes this week, my three sick colonies, which are kind of struggling, maybe they've got a chance. But um, – my God. <laughs> you actually euthanize them as well, didn't you? Just to add more pain on top of crawling on the floor, picking up dead bees. You had to go and... I had to destroy yeah. six of them um, because she just said, you know, if they're collapsing like that, they're just... There are other beehives in the area, which is what she was concerned about. Um, so I had to do that. So it's, it's just... It, it kind of... At one point it was like every day... There was something else wrong. And then it's like, you know, okay, they've all got it now. Oh, now I have to destroy six of them. Oh, now I have to go and scrape up their carcasses. Yeah. But on the bright side, you've had a rethink about your management techniques. I have. I have, yes. So I've decided not to keep 14 by 12 colonies anymore. Um, I'm going to keep. So they would be British Langstroth standard. Deeps, wouldn't they? That's basically the same size. Is there? I don't know. I don't know. I think they're, they're the larger, yeah. They're like, they're slightly larger, I think, than commercial hives. Yeah, so they're full, the frames are 14 inch by yeah. 12 inch. Yeah, Um I've decided I don't need colonies. I mean, it is density of bees, as you say, mm. but the bee inspector did say it's the really big colonies that seem to collapse really quickly from something like this. So given climate emergency and the fact that our weather is just so unpredictable and crazy, I've decided to keep smaller colonies. Um, And, I mean, I have to, like I was saying to you before, I had a British standard colony that had six supers on it a couple of years ago. So So what's the standard frame size? 14 by 8. Yeah. So it's quite a lot smaller. Yeah. so all my equipment is 14 by 12 because uh, I've been doing, doing it for eight years. On that? Yeah. So I'm going to have to gradually right. just replace everything. I've got loads of that size. Help yourself. It's at the end of the garden. Thank you walk you. up and fucking <laughs> grab it. I'll take some with me. But and you've know. got a new apiary site and you've moved in the, on the farm. You've moved yes. to a different location. I've had I've, – I mean, I'm really lucky with this. I've had a lot of support from the bee inspector, as you were saying, but also from Lorna and Brendan, who are the owners of Mayfield Lavender. Um, they they have helped me so much because I got to the point um, where I just said I can't do the bee safaris this year because I was so traumatised yeah. by losing my bees. And um, they kind of said to me, you know, okay, when you, when you work with living things, like, I mean, they're farmers, they understand it's about resilience and things happen and you have to come back from it. And actually, like, they really helped me. They gave me a lovely new uh, apiary site at the field. So I've got 
uh, four really nice little colonies there, which I've moved back from various places. Um, and the bee safari is going ahead. So it's, yeah, it's okay. Like it's okay now, but I just have to, but there won't be any honey. Oh no. I know. Do so you know what I feel like now? Every year. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, I just don't understand it. What? You've me got and honey. Loads of bees. You I, and honey, yeah. I'm just rubbish at making honey. You had honey last year. Yeah, I know. It's just, uh, I don't know. And you didn't want to uncap it and extract it. No, I just want to keep give it back to them. Yeah. I need. <laughs> but your, um, your bees at Poo Farm are doing well, aren't they? Mm. I'm not allowed to call it Poo Farm, am I? No. No, you're not. Because it's like this wilderness this gorgeous wilderness that they love. And yeah. I've got, yeah, great three supers full of lime honey up there. Um, I just went up there today. They stung me. Is that a grumpy hive? Oh, yeah, they were grumpy today. Is that a grumpy hive still grumpy? Yeah, sometimes they're all right, but today they weren't it's happy. It's really humid today, though, all. isn't it? Yeah, and autumn is going to storm, yeah. yeah. So, so no, I find that. that's my sad tale, Paul. Tale of woe. Bloody hell. Who would have thought? Yeah. We would have think of the, we think of the titles for the podcast. <laughs> I'm not allowed to call it They All Died. No. <laughs> <laughs> They're dead. <laughs> they did. <laughs> well, the, thing, the thing is, though, next year you'll be moaning that you've, you've run out of kit because they, they've, they've swarmed so much. So. Oh, but, you know, I'll build up again. And if I could just have seven colonies up there on that field. So you get mine. I'll do, I'll do fine with the honey yeah. next year. Um, but it's such a shame because we spent winter choosing new jars and designing a new label, and it just looks absolutely gorgeous. And oh, I won't have any honey to put in them. I think so, bees plan this. I'm sure they do. Okay. Let's just start bait and switch. Oh God, it's just quite unbelievable. I see ups and downs of beekeeping in the raw. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sorry. No, go ahead. Well, I've been keeping bees for 10 years this year and nothing bad has ever happened. So they've never been sick. I've never lost a colony. I mean, I'm fastidious about it. Mm. So for something like this to happen is kind of like a reality check. You know, it's it's something that's yeah. par for the course. It's just such a... I just kept thinking, you know, if it was foul brood, there's an antibiotic that they sometimes treat with. But for obviously a virus, it's just she said there's nothing. Nothing you can do. do. Am I talking into the new microphone correctly? You are, yes. I can hear you perfectly. Okay, good. Good. I'm getting a bit obsessed with it. But um, I think it's important, though, to talk about this because mm. if you do a podcast, it's very easy to talk about how fantastic everything is and, and then one thing. And then if, if you're you know, listening to it and you're having a hard time, mm. it's very tempting to think, what am I doing wrong? Whereas, and, and we've always said that, yeah. that we talk about the highs and lows. Yeah. I think it's important. And, I mean, I really want people to know more about this because I didn't know enough. And when I saw them, I thought it was poisoning. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of that that shouldn't have been my first thought. I should have known more about it. But, you know, as the bee inspector said, there's not a lot of information out there about it. 
Yeah. Um, there is there's a page on the National Bee Unit, nationalbeeunit.com, I think it is, that has a page about it. Um, but there's not a huge amount of information on there. So is there anything you can do if they get locked in? Is is there did, did the bee inspectors did Hillary say, or oh, give them more space? Give or? them more space. So she said, you know, like if if you've got a big hive, a full brood box, and the weather does that, give them, you know, two or three supers, um, just like you know, supers with frames, empty frames, yeah, um, and let them spread out so they're not, you know, bumping each other. But I had I had done that anyway, yeah. Um, so they had somewhere to hang out, but I just think. Yeah, big, big colonies like that. They're not as stable as I thought they were. And I, the way they collapsed just, I mean, they just died in their thousands and thousands in days. So, yeah, I mean, you know, back to what you were saying, I I really want to talk about this because I want people to know about it. Um, and, yeah, you know, I've come through the other side now in the yeah. sense that, this, my summer plans are still progressing, so it's not the end of the world. No, well, you, I mean, the thing about beekeeping is there's always more bees. Yeah, yeah. It's not yeah. like it's not like um, you know if you were if you were a sheep farmer and we sheep died, you'd be <clears throat> well screwed. Right, and do you know it really made me think of the farmers during foot and mouth disease who had to yeah. just kill all of their stock. Talk to my farmer because that's what he had to do. Oh my god, I. Just absolutely, I mean, it was horrendous seeing it at the time, but also with TB and cattle, if you have to slaughter your herd, I mean, it really kind of made me think. And also, you know, farmers have been, I've been thinking about farming a lot because if your crop fails for whatever reason, you don't get that money. Like I I have lost pounds, pounds, I've lost pounds. (laughs) Bees aren't cheap and neither is honey, so... Honey's money, as you say. Honey is money. I know. I, I was looking I wouldn't at know, it. but yeah. <laughs> well, you could know. You always you always say this. It's true, though. You have loads of bees. You do get honey. You brought some home. I did. And didn't do anything with it. Did you extract it? I extracted it. I put it in oh, jars okay. and gave it away. Oh, well, there you go. Gave you some. How, yeah, oh, how, oh, that's right. How quickly you forget. <laughs> Listen, I got <laughs> That was nice, honey. Very nice, honey. Yeah, I just don't. I just don't pay enough attention to it. So, you do get honey. I do. I don't get. Um, I guess I don't get enough honey. I'm a man. I, I want loads of it. I just don't work them as hard as you, Trace. I just don't have the, like the compound. I don't do like the the monthly reviews you do with the bees. You sit down with them and give <laughs> them like a performance review. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, they have objectives. KPIs. This, the weather's been weird though. Even for like my my uh, queen rearing didn't really work particularly yeah, well. Yeah. Now what happened with that? Well, it was going really well. So I set up the start colony. I grafted. That went really well. Um, I think what? Well, then 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 none of them took. It's because I was graft. Which I assume is my fault because um, that start colony I put more queen cells in, and it's a monster now. It's huge. I need to put it in another hive because it's really big um but my 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 fatal error was uh, bizarrely grafting in the hail don't graft when it's really cold 
And that's, I think, well, I know what happened is I set up everything, all the timer boxes and everything, and I basically had this date, and I managed my bees, I managed the whole process to that calendar, and what I should have really done is not crafted on that day. I should have gone, you know what, it's not going to work. You can stop those star colonies from becoming uh, drone layers by putting open brood in there, mm-hmm. which stops them doing it. And I, would, I just would have had to wait and restock it. And if I'd done that, mm. I would have had a better result. Mm. So that's I mean, I've got new queens. I've, I've raised new new queens, but not um, if, I, if I'd stopped myself and not just oh, going to do it this day and just been stubborn about it, I would have had a much better result. But I mean, I had probably 70% of the mates. I've got about 10, 10 queens. It wasn't, it wasn't a disaster. Well, well, it was a disaster that none of the grafts in the first round took. Well, okay. Primarily because, I'm, you know, grafting when it's cold and hailing, hailing isn't, is, is, mm. is unsurprisingly a How long ago was thing. that? Uh, end of April. Yeah. First week of May. Because it was really warm. I mean, first week away, the sun was out yeah. and it was great. Easter weekend. Yeah. And ever, ever since then, it's been... It's not good. So I've done that. So I've got, you know, I've got queens. And then some of my hives, two, two of the biggest ones, have all both absconded, which I'm just putting down to the yeah. shitty weather. Um, but apart from that, it's all right. I mean, I was up there today and, and they're all, they're all, they're not, what I found is none of them are really strong because mm. they, they've not really had a period of sort of three or four weeks to get out and and feed and, and build up mm. because Every time it rains, obviously it washes all the, the nectar and pollen off the flowers and they have to wait yeah. a couple of days and do it again. So the, the queen rune hasn't really taken off. I'm going to do another lot. It's not been a good year, like everyone's saying, for queens, just because of the weather. No. So I follow a queen rune on, on Twitter called The Bee Man. Mm. He's in Scotland and he's saying he's getting like a 40% take mm. just because – because um, I think this year – because normally you go, you know, we moan about the weather. You've mm-hmm. caught the British disease and you moan about it as well. But last year, because it was really dry and sunny, it was, it was really easy. Mm. Queen room was a piece of cake. Yeah. Because they were all, they all took, I mean, I didn't have any queens, didn't mate. Um, and then it's really, because the two two years are so contrasting, Yeah, it's really interesting to see, okay, you know, what, it's not bad weather. It's not like it's, yeah, it's just it's an average temperature. It's just a high mm. rainfall. It's 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 not an extreme like last year we had extreme weather. No, it's not awful. It's like a normal British mm. summer. It's just it is quite cold though. Yeah, it's quite cold. Although we got the doors open today, and but like I mean, weird. I keep seeing a bat fly behind I'm you. Wearing my winter pajamas. You're wearing your winter pajamas. Yeah, <laughs> and putting the electric blanket on. <laughs> I, it's freezing. Have you ever thought about living in the house? <laughs> have, you, have you been banished to the banished to the garage? Yeah. Been kicked out. What have you done, Trace? I'm sleeping in my shed. <laughs> I'd love to do that, actually. Well, I'd you love, love your bed, bed shed. In my shed. Yeah, yeah. You call it a honey shack. Yeah, that's right. My workshop. So yeah, so I've had abscond. I've had the big hives abscond. Which I've mm. very rarely had that happen to me. I had one abscond, it's just weird, a nuke. But, it's weird it's mm. the two biggest ones that have done yeah. it. Um, and I don't know why, because all the other ones are kind of chilled out. Um, mm. So I've done that. It's a mess. I went up today. It's real, it's embarrassingly a mess. It's just loads of kits stacked up. So I'm going to 
tidy, tidy up the next couple of weeks. Tidy it up before I come up there. Yeah, you can come up and I'll pest. I'll you off. I'll tell you what did work. The Snellgrove board worked. Oh, yeah. And you made them yourself, which and I, I think I made really them, cool. And I made them myself without losing any fingers. Did I actually use a power what, tool? Did you? Yeah. <laughs> What a power sword. After the almost disaster of nearly setting fire to myself in my own chair. <laughs> <laughs> you idiot. I risked, it and, I risked it and used a power tool. Um, yeah, they work really well. I think um, I've made them I made them with uh, slightly thicker marine plywood than I should have, so they're quite heavy. Mm. Um, so the good thing is they do actually work. Um, the bad thing is if, you, if you're like me and you try and do them all your hives at the same time, uh, you just... You're setting yourself up for trouble. So really, what I do now is, it's like I said last time, I carry a kind of smear hive around with me to store the frames when I'm inspecting. Um, and if I see the queen and they look like they're going to swarm, so I'm trying to catch it before swarm cells, mm-hmm. um, I then take that queen, put it in a spare box, take all the closed brood, pull it in another box and then separate them with a the cell go board and then just put a reminder on my phone that every five to six days I have to come back and change the doors. But it it does um, – it's a bit of a faff because you have to keep going up there. Um, but in terms of just swarm control, I found it really quite good. And the fact that it bleeds the bees yeah. back into the bottom box, so you're putting the bees back into the mm. – I'm going to have to find a YouTube link that shows how the snail grows. Because expl- on, on audio, it's really difficult to explain, but mm. – you know, the young bees are, are, are hatching in the top box and the Snellgrove method allows you to move them to the bottom box where the, where the queen is mm. with the open brood. So that, that that bottom box is constantly full of bees. Um, so I found that re- works really well in terms of, mm. in terms of a, a simple way to do swarm control. And if you let them raise emergency cells at the top box, if you want to, that will raise a new queen as well. So in a perfect world, you'd have a bottom box laid out with all new new eggs and larva with the old queen. And the top box, after after a month, have a shiny new queen. And then you just can reunite everything back together again. And if you separate the box with the super, they'll, they'll also make honey. So I found that the good thing is it does actually work in terms of simplicity of splitting the you know, pre- preemptive swarm control. So trying to capture them before they... You see swarm cells. I hate doing swarm control when I see a swarm cell because you've got that sort of manic mode of yeah, trying to find the queen. Yeah. Whereas you kind of know when they're building up because you know you'll open you know you'll open the you'll look in the, the comb and every I mean, there's one a moment that I'm going to have to do something with because every frame has eggs in it. So when they seal and then hatch, or when they seal, the queen won't have anywhere to lay. So they'll they'll. They'll make, uh, make swarm cells. Um, so now I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to, if I see the queen now, I can do a snail growth mm. on it. So I like that. The only kind of negative to it is you do have to make a note of each board and when you have to do the timings. Uh, so I've got a little spreadsheet that does that for me. I do on Google Documents. Yeah. But I like it. I'm going to, that's worked. Um, You've sold it to me, actually. And also when I went on one of the courses, they were talking about vertical splits and Snellgrove and they were saying it is. it was developed. I'll make you a, some boards. Make me some boards, yeah. yeah. If I lose a thumb, it'll be your fault. <laughs> or set fire to yourself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, 
they said that it was developed uh, specifically so that um, it doesn't affect honey production. Honey production no, is not right, affected yeah. in yeah. a swarming colony. Yeah. Um, and like you said, the one on top, you can kind of do what you want with. You yeah. can let it raise a new queen or you can reunite it or whatever. Well, you don't want to raise a new queen. Mm. You just go in and knock down all the queen cells. Mm. And then after maybe three weeks, you just reunite what's left with it mm. together. Um, one thing I would say, don't read the book. The book that he wrote? Yes. Okay. All right. Don't read the book. No, um, I, yeah. It's not. I've read it. I've got um second edition of it. It's in my little bee, oh, yeah. antique bee, bee, bee book collection. Um, there's a, a a link in the previous podcast to the Welsh Beekeeper Association. A guy called Wally Shaw wrote a guide to it, and it, he's taken out all the other stuff that's in there. Mm. Some of it's a bit – you read the book, it sounds really confusing. You read this guide – it's really simple. Mm. So he's just got the essence of it. Um, I liked it. I'm going to be doing that again. Good. I'll be doing it. I'm, I'm going to try it next year. I'm going to make some small, I'm going to make some lighter boards, mm. but it works great. And, and, and um, the, the other thing is you're not using as much space in your apiary. Yes, there is that as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I've done, I've tried vertical splits before. I tried Snellgrove yeah. once before, but it was in my early years of beekeeping and I didn't understand the principle behind it and I just found it a faff. I couldn't see the benefit of it. Now I do see the benefit so, of it. So just just for our non-British viewers, <laughs> faff means uh, it's awkward. <laughs> yes. You have, it's called faffing about. It's just when Is you're, that an English word? I don't know. It might be actually. Do you do you use it in the colonies? <laughs> well, I I'm I've been living here for so long. I I forget how they speak <laughs> colonies. <laughs> you lost your you lost your Aussie badge. No, I've got my Aussie badge. So. Um, yeah, so I I I, I liked it. I think uh, the the thing I did wrong with it is I tried to I I, I got this thing in my head this year. Oh, I'm going to just do everything at the same time and that'll work. Yeah. But really, it works best when they're on the brink of. Swarming, mm. and it, and if you're opportunistic and you see the queen, mm. that's why I carry a nuke around me because if I see the queen, just in normal expansion, I can put her in a nuke box. I know where she is, and I, then I can do those. Bit. That's a big manipulation. Yeah. A snow grove. But if I go up there on the day going right, I'm going to do a snow grove. As you know, you can go for a box twice and never see the queen. Yeah. So especially you know a big colony that's yeah. that might be about to swarm. So doing it opportunistically mm. and kind of. That's my my sort of trigger is mm. is, is is are they strong? Do they look like there's like you know are there a lot of frames all laid out? Oh, and have I seen the queen? So I've seen that. And the other thing I think makes it work is it works a lot lot better if you've got drawn foundation. Yeah, it works if you've got no foundational foundationless or whatever. But if you've got drawn space for that queen to lay back into, because you're still they've got all the flying bees and you're putting more bees in there, they relay that bottom box really quickly. Mm. She just goes mental. Mm. And and so actually by the time you come to reunite that bottom box, it's really strong. Mm. It's freakishly strong. I mean I had frames that were every cell was capped. It was a bizarre <laughs> Well, okay. Mm. Um, so Snellgrove worked. I think um, 
I've just got my head around the fact that if I'm going to do it, that may mean that I have to go to the apiary every day to do these open and close these gates. So just to get yeah, because of course they're all different yeah. depending on when you've done it. What I need to do is make myself a little uh, mechanical gate that just does it itself. Robot yeah. doors. <laughs> that you can just control from your phone. Yeah. <laughs> Robot th- doors. I'm thinking. Robot yeah. Snell Grove. It's time next week, Rodney. I could be a millionaire with my robots and all those balls. You shouldn't have said it. Someone's going to steal it now as an oh, idea. Imagine, oh, it'd work. But imagine, <laughs> how, imagine how awkward Snellgrove. it'd be down there with a solar-powered <laughs> Snellgrove board. Um, yeah, once I got my head around the fact that I might have to drive down like a 20-minute drive to the apiary and spend mm. five minutes opening and closing the doors every day, mm. um, I'm prepared to do that. If you're not prepared mm. to do that, Snellgrove yeah. is not for you. But I'm prepared to do that. It's a nice drive. I can listen to podcasts. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's quite a nice place to be. It's a good way. Yeah, it's a good way of looking at it. So it's now going to work. Queen, Queen Rearing in, in, the, in the sleet, hail and snow uh, obviously didn't work. Mm. Who would have thunk no, it? No, yeah. <laughs> we, won't, we won't say anything further about that. <laughs> well, on air. Um, yeah, so that worked. That were, I, I've gone, the, the weather, I mean, just the... The rain seems to have caused some of those bees to abscond, and generally they're they're not. I mean, they're not on the point of failure, but um, they're not as strong as you'd expect bees in mm. middle of June. Normally, you expect them like yeah big hives. They're kind of they're okay, but they're they're a bit. When the bee inspector came, she said that uh, she talked about colonies absconding. She said everyone's bees have just been under so much stress. Uh, from the weather, not being able to get out and get pollen and, and nectar and everything, um, yeah. that I think some colonies just thought we've got to go somewhere else, you know, yeah. where we've got so, a better chance of feeding. So this is the first time I've ever experienced an actual dearth. Because mm. people say, oh, there's a dearth. And you think, really? I've never noticed mm. it. But this is the first time I've actually seen oh, it's a dearth. You just, mm. They're not, they're not bringing – I've never seen because people go, oh, there's a June gap and all this, and I've never experienced it. I've always they've always been bringing stuff in, but this year is the first time I've actually experienced a dearth, mm. and it's really noticeable. Yeah. It's it's pretty pretty amazing, really. Mm. When you go, well, the colony just stops. Yeah, it kind of pauses and eats, you know, whatever they've got. And I mean, I've had to feed most of mine. Yeah. Um. Because, I mean, sometimes I do have to feed them in June just because of where mine are. Your bees, I think there's so much forage where yours are, so they probably don't need it. But, um, yeah, no, I've had to – I mean, it's – well. But I've never experienced a dearth ever, and this year I've experienced a dearth, and it's really – Depressing. (laughs) It's not depressing, but it's it's kind of – you you, you get a bit – it's a weird hobby, isn't it? Because you wait all winter for it to happen and then yeah. it happens and you get a nice like spring. You think, oh, this is going to be great. And then, oh, okay. You bastards. So- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, yeah. But that, uh, I mean, hopefully July will be a bit better and we'll be doing this podcast next time. Oh, yeah, they're all going great. Yes. But yeah. um, still, yeah, mm. bad day at the bees is, is still better than a good day at the office. Exactly. Although I quite like being at my office, so um, yeah. Yeah, you like your office. <laughs> it's a very nice place so to actually. be. Actually, yeah, but um, even a bad you know, bad day's beekeeping is generally, yeah, on the whole, still very pleasant. 
So, yeah, this is my first experience of an actual death. Yeah. Proper, full-on, they're staying in, just eating and... Yeah. But, I mean, that's that's the puzzle for me because, like, every spring when they start swarming, I... Uh, it's I'm working out the puzzle and I'm splitting hives and I'm working which ones I'm going to put back together and and I I'm kind of thinking oh my god what the hell's going to happen here and it always works out the puzzle comes out yeah. and then the main flow starts so I'm I'm set but of course this year like yeah. I've got colonies some of my colonies now are just swarming now I've never had swarms in June I mean it's nearly July yeah so I mean I haven't been able to do it because of the weather. Um, so the puzzle this year has just been to try to work out what is going on, you know, as you said, with, with dearth and also with, um, abscontions, no, what's the word? Funny, we drinking coffee. (laughs) You said you'd get some whiskey. Uh, I've just, I've just put some, he didn't say that. I've just put some tea and some mess. You won't be able to tell the difference. I'd probably drink it at this point. Um, so, yeah. Oh, God. The other thing oh. I've noticed is, not to be, this is the most depressing beekeeping podcast ever, um, <laughs> is the amount of dead bees on the floors. I've never known yeah. that many dead bees on the floors just because they can't get out to clear it. And then they, mm. then a few days, summer, you go out and there's there's a little, well, you've had a big pound, but a little mound of, mm. they've just cleaned all the mm. bees out of the floor. Yeah. But, you know, Good thing is, you know, there's a dearth, so you know I have to feed. Just mm. give them a bit more, a little bit of love and attention. I might give them a pollen patty or something, but they seem they're right. I mean, I, they just need to build them up. I was saying to you earlier, and I, I, I kind of want to, I might have to give them a couple of interventions to mm. build them up over the next couple of weeks. So they're, they're, they're kind of strong going into, into mm. July, August, uh, September. Mm. Um, but yeah, so my queen ruin hasn't gone to plan this year. Although I had the best start I've ever had, uh, apart from grafting in the snow, it's gone from rain to sleet to snow. By the mm. by, the end of the week, it'll be a tornado. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and the snow grove worked really well. Um, I think I did the they they all came they all came through strong with the oxalic. Um, I've got this three year old queen that's laying like a machine. That's good. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping. I like I like it when they just. I've got actually I've got one which is a white queen. Wow. So and and she's do you know she's not even that big. And I was talking about it to someone in our beekeeping association and they were like, Oh no, you don't want to have small queens and I I know that's I know generally you don't, but she has just you know, headed a quite a big colony that I've, I've got a lot of honey from. I don't care if they're laying. I try I try and I mean I try and to put a new queen in every year. So if, mm. if it's a small queen that year and it's laying, mm. I'm very happy. Um, so I'm trying to think what else have I been doing? Starting a new job. Start my new job, which is great fun. Um, so I should have made notes. I was telling you, well, I, 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 um, I cleaned my my home office out and I had all these blank notebooks. So I threw them all out. So you came around today to podcast. Oh, I better write some notes. And I've got no notebook because <laughs> <laughs> I've thrown them all out. What a dope. 
I th- I think we could well be sitting here. Oh, look, do you know what? Anything could happen with the weather, but we 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 could well be sitting here in okay two weeks time, a week's time, yeah, and it could be thirty degrees because this country is absolutely <laughs> crazy. It's crazy the weather here, and it's the jet stream. And I look, I I know it's so boring to hear someone moan crazy. about the weather, but it, it is the jet stream like going up and down all the time. I don't know. It, it, no, it is. It's just the rain. I'm obsessed with. I'm obsessed with working out why this country is, you know, because it's is why this country is so unpredictable with the weather. Because I find the winters here really hard because sometimes they're seven months long. You wimp! <laughs> it's such a wimp. It's not like you're under Look, eight I have my electric snow. blanket on in summer. Oh, yeah. Imagine what I'm like in winter. Not, I used to work with a guy called Dan in Buffalo. And every and and uh, and he used to moan about the snow, and I and I one 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 day a couple of years ago I showed him we had like I don't know, four, yeah. four inches of snow. I said snowing down. Everything comes to and he he was just laughing at me. You have no idea what snow is. It's true. So you have a so when you say it's like a nine month winter, you mean it's a little bit cold, bit, well, it's, bit damp. It's dark. It's the darkness. The darkness oh, right. gets into my soul, and of and then of course you wait. <laughs> and I, this is the most depressing podcast ever. It is. And then you wait for summer and for the bees. We should just title it "Don't Jump." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just put the number for Samaritans on the website. Um, Hello, you listen to Paul and Tracy's podcast. Thank you for calling. Yes. <laughs> No, it's it's true, it's true. But we, you know, it it could all get a lot better, and our bees might still be alive at the end of the they year. They will be. I mean, I, I, what I like about this is the upside is that's another experience I've got. I now know what a dearth looks like. Uh, I've become very good at spotting drone laying hives because yeah. I've got a couple that have done that mm-hmm. uh, from the queen rearing. Yeah. So uh, generally, it's good. I'm, I'm, I'm still going to get to the end yeah. of summer and go, I've had a great year's beekeeping, even if I haven't like, got thousands of queens and tons yeah. of honey. Because I'm still going to a field when it's nice and sunny and playing with bees. Just not as many as I'd like to. Exactly. Ditto. That's my... That's and my, I, you know, I've... Now, now that I'm through uh, the other uh, side, I can uh, say... This is Paul's walking through. Anyway, <laughs> she put her keys down. Go on in, where, where are you going? <laughs> She's going to slam the door. She's a professional, highly trained yeah. social media expert. Um, no, I mean, I can, I, I can see I've learnt things, and I can see what I'm going to change. I'm not going to have my apiary so crowded. Um, oh yeah, that was interesting. So, how many? So your apiary was what ten, say twenty foot by twenty foot square? Yeah, probably. Um, and I had. So was that like three meters by three? No, I oh, no. no, it was bigger than that. It would have been about, uh, eight, no, about 10 metres. I was going to say 10 metres, yeah. yeah. And um, how many hives did you have there? I had... Do you want to borrow some fingers? I had, yeah, can I? Um, I had 11 colonies in there, big okay. colonies. And I also had some nukes, but I can't remember how many nukes. Yeah, my nukes. Um, so they were basically, <laughs> yes, you <laughs> I've got one in the car. Um, well, see, now that I'm not doing 14 by 12, you can have all your extensions back. I don't want them. Oh, no, it's the uh, <laughs> eeks. I've, got, me. I've been trying to get rid of those eeks for eight. I've got, I must have 20 of those eeks. Well, I've got. John is going to have more 12 by 14 kit than he knows what to do. Uh, true. 
because we're going to give it True all to enough, him. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll sell it to him. So what did the, did the, did, did the bee inspector give you a kind of, um, by the way, uh, the, the National Bee Unit's bee inspectors are amazing free resource mm. for everybody in the UK. Mm. Um, you might get a spare slot when Tracy's not using them all the time. <laughs> yeah. They spent quite a bit of time on me. It's true. Um, so what was she saying the sort of ideal density was then? Uh, she didn't actually. She just said that my hi- the hives were too, there were too many colonies in that space, um, which I knew, but I didn't have anywhere else to put them. Right. Um, because one of my apiary sites was less than ideal. Yeah. So I just moved a couple there. And then uh, at Beddington, they don't want too many colonies there. Uh, so I was kind of stuck with all those colonies in one place. Um, and because I keep them, and I won't be doing this anymore either, I kept them in pairs. Um, I So I, I think obviously that's not good for drifting. You mean by, by pairs you mean they're on a, they're, the hives, you've yeah. Got, you've got so a dual two stand. on a stand, yeah. Why, why won't you doing that? Well, I, I just think it helped. I think it helped it spread more quickly. Um, so, I mean, if you if you're really close to a colony next door that's dying, um, you're going to get it. Oh, okay. And I mean, it might be the case like my new apiary that I've just set up. They're on single stands and they're quite far apart, facing different directions. You know, see, this is the thing. All of this advice, all of this stuff you read when you first start beekeeping, you know, I did it at first and then I thought, well, I'm going to develop my own way of doing it, which worked for years, which worked brilliantly. And then all of a sudden it's like, no, I've I've learnt something new. Um, And that, this sounds really weird. In a strange way, that's quite satisfying for me to think, okay, right, I'm just going to completely shake it up, completely shake it up and change, you know, how I lay out my apiaries, what kit I use, uh, who knows. So, yeah, but all beekeepers are tinkerers, aren't they? They're all constantly yeah. tinkering with the trying, – they're trying to get the, the perfect system for them. Yeah. So you'll be yeah. – yeah, you'll go super traditional next year and have, <laughs> and have single boxes. It's like – Ted Hooper, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> lay out an apiary, yeah. You'll be wearing like a woolen bee suit. That's it. <laughs> no, I'll be I'll turning out with a horse and cart. I'll be wearing what was recommended for ladies, lady beekeepers. Oh, really? What was it then? Which is a skirt with tights underneath. Really? Yeah, and just like a smock. So I like to wear that. That'd be quite cool. <laughs> you'd be quite vulnerable as well, I think. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be keeping a, a skirt. No, and this is what was recommended for What sort ladies. of shoes did you have to wear? Like sensible flat shoes? Yeah, sensible flat shoes. Not big wellies. I don't know the names of sensible flat shoes. Because you wear a purple bee suit and big flowery wellies, don't you? I wear a pink bee suit. Is it pink or is it lavender? No, it, lavender Lavender bee suits were used for the bee safaris. All oh, right, and yours is Mine's, pink. Yeah, hot pink. Hot pink? Yeah, so I stand out. Yeah, so the vegans can find you on yeah, the field. so the vegans, well, yeah. Haven't had any vegans yet. Haven't you? No, I think it's been too rainy. Well, don't vegans come out when it rains? Yeah. <laughs> Stay indoors. <laughs> it's probably because they're too weak. A bit of wind, they fall over. I know. Let's not mock feed it's vegans. Too risky. They'll, they'll track us down. <laughs> Be outside and with someone like a vest with tofu strapped to it. I actually bought some vegan sausage rolls. 
What on earth for? Do you know what? Like, well, right. They were on. bought in, in our house. Um, they were actually really nice. Do you want a top tip? Yeah. If you put enough chemicals in any food, right, it tastes nice. <laughs> Have you seen what's in those vegan sausage rolls? No. It's not like they just get a couple of mushrooms and put them in a sausage roll. It's it's like a chemistry set. Read, the, read what's in okay, it. Okay, I will. Okay. I don't know why, because I, I love Indian food. Indian vegetarian food is fantastic. Mm. But, yes, um, it is, yeah. I can't, I can't bring myself to eat vegetarian fake meat, because it's just like a chemistry experiment. Okay, I'll look at that. Just give me a normal vegetable, I'll eat that. Um, okay, so you're, so next year you're going to be doing standard nationals, singles, yep. on their own stands, yep. wearing a skirt. That's, yes. that's your system. <laughs> Yes. I like nationals, though. I mean, I use doubles, but... You, yeah, you do double brewed, don't you? But I might, I might, you know, I might, to throw solidarity to my co-host, I might, I, I might collapse them all down into singles. Thank you. Show solidarity. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I, most, I think most people do keep them. And, well, I mean, they work perfectly well. And I've kept, I've kept them, as I said, just a couple of years ago, mm. I had a, a couple and they worked brilliantly. So, and I've got one now, so I had to go and buy it's a poly a one, a wooden one. It's a wooden one. I told you, you could have had one of mine. I'm not sure about my pollies. I, I, I don't know if I'm going to take an axe to them or not. Can you pour petrol in them? Yes, I had does, to. Does, does yeah. the petrol eat poly? It does eat poly. Um, so I don't know if I can use them again. I kind of haven't thought it. I've got a whole apiary full of equipment just standing there. I mean, I've cleared out the dead bees in the frames. All all of my boxes are just standing there and I have to clean all of them and it's going to take me, my God. I wouldn't. Weeks, yeah. Do you want to borrow my blowtorch? Do you want to take it home with me? Maybe. Is it a big one? Yeah, it's a, like a plumber's one, so it's a big gas container with a hose and a... Actually, yeah. I'll, I'll go and get it for great. you. Because I've only got a little one, with, you, know, you know, like the canister that. Yeah, you want this one. It's got to all be scorched. Don't do what I do, don't set fire to myself. <laughs> I you, won't you, do it in my shed, don't, don't do worry. Don't shed <laughs> or your living room. Having told me when I asked you, <laughs> Paul, do you think I could scorch things in my shed? And you went, no, 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 don't do that. That's dangerous. I did it like two weeks later. I said, like, <laughs> you, <laughs> you then think, did it. Because I've got a scary camera in my shed. I've probably got it on video. We go, oh, <laughs> arm on fire. I look like, I, I look like, I don't know. One of those comedy, comedy stunt shows. <laughs> I find things like that just like disproportionately funny. It's <laughs> uh, just. Yeah, I, I had no idea why I did it. I was just and not only do I have stupid, <laughs> yeah. I dumb. You were thinking, oh, it doesn't apply to me. I know what I'm doing. No, no, I was just dumb. I didn't. I didn't know what I was doing. I just thought, oh, I might as well do it in here. Be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Um, and I can't put any hives on that site now for for a while. For a few years. Because it's contaminated with the virus. Yeah. Wow. And the dead bees are infectious. So that goes into the soil. I'm actually waiting for some advice about how long exactly I have to wait. But anyway, I don't care because I've got a lovely new little apiary now. That's your silver lining. you actually got a nicer yeah, looking site. I've got a great site. So we're going to finish on a positive. Yeah. Right. Because, um, so you can step away from the edge of the ledge. Get back, guys. <laughs> 
I live on the edge of the ledge. Edge of the ledge. Um, around your bee safaris. So you've done yeah. something, haven't you? Because you love doing your bee safaris, don't you? I do love doing the bee safaris because invariably the people who come on them are really lovely and they're just so interested in bees and they're so excited to see bees. Most people haven't seen a beehive before. Um, and it's, yeah, so I've done two so far. Off to off to a start. Um, Anyone from exotic location? No, not yet. Kush Alton. <laughs> so yeah, really, really nice people. That's exotic for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> I love Kush Alton. It's nice. There's <laughs> lavender there as well. Oh, there is. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Because though the um, in Kush Alton and also where I am podcast, in Bansted. <laughs> They were the original lavender fields in, in like the 19th century. So all the lavender for the perfume industry was grown in a, like a belt around Sutton Carshalton. Oh, really? Yeah. And so the field that we're on is one of the original fields. So, so the Mayfield field has been there for hundreds of years? Yeah. No, it's been there for probably about 150 years. Wow. So it's quite it's quite interesting. But, yeah, no, I, ha- I always have lovely people and it's just – it's so energizing to talk to people about bees when they're just like, wow, that's amazing. And, and you know, they go away knowing what plants they're going to put in their garden and, and you know, how they're going to spread the word about. You've got loads this year, haven't you? I have got loads this year. July, I'm. Fully booked. Yeah, for, you know. Not, not now you've been moaning about how bad the weather is. Everyone listens to this and cancel it. I bought this big umbrella. Just for you, for the, the bee safaris to put over the hives because you can't ca- you can't cancel them. No, um, so I didn't get one of those um, pagoda things, not pagodas, canopy things. Oh yeah, actually that would have been a good idea. Yeah, like a white one. Actually, that is a great idea. Yeah, because you can buy the ones that expand; they're easy to put up. Yeah, allegedly. Don't ask me to put one up; I'll probably lose a finger. But you can they, they go up; they telescopic ones. Set yourself ones. on fire. Mm. You probably find Mayfield's got one already. I'm sure they have. They've got lots of purple ones, which are not so good for the light. But um, we're a headlamp. <laughs> yes. So yeah. So on a positive note, Bee Safari is going ahead at the field, and it's all been lovely so far. Good. Mm. That's what we like to hear. We it like to have positive note. I know, but I felt like I was under duress to, <laughs> to end positively. Well, I know. I know you put off the podcast because you're like, I do not want to talk about this for a while. Mm. Like it's been a bit emotional. So, mm. yeah, I'm through it now. Yeah, I told you, you can have my bees. Are you trying to get rid of them or something? No, I've just got two that are really miserable. No, <laughs> <laughs> you can have those. Okay, you know, miserable. No, no, I've got. I've got. You know, you can have some. You got some. You're going to come and help me rehire some next week. So yeah, I'll come next week. You can select the ones you want. If you want them, you can have. Yeah, I'll have half one, of them. Yeah. No, thank you. You're more welcome to. But I wouldn't mind actually putting some more at Beddington because the what whatever there is in that area, the flow Poo. is just incredible. <laughs> it's on the sewage. I wish you hadn't said that. <laughs> no, it's not. Can you said to me this 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 honey's got a very dark consistency. <laughs> <laughs> it's lime honey. From the park. Of course it is. Gorgeous honey. It's gorgeous. Well, it's Amazing a, it's a, it's, honey. It's, it's a big, it's a huge site, isn't it? It's all organic. Yeah. And they're turning it back into like, it's Beddington Farm. So yeah. it's all being rejuvenated. And and there's a, um, 
like nature park behind it, a big mm. lake and stuff. Mm. It's probably lo- loads of stuff, mm. loads of stuff. They're really kind of winding down there and turning it back into a, yeah, more nature. And Well, it is a nature reserve, I guess. Yeah. We should see if they let you put it uh, behind the one of the fences. Yeah. yeah, it's beautiful up there. I I like it. Good. I'm glad you like it. Positive ending. Positive ending. So we're going to end now anyway. So <laughs> Tracy's made it through <laughs> drinking my fake whiskey. Um, well, thank you for listening. Uh, you can uh, follow us on Twitter at the Beehive Jive. You can uh, subscribe if you like. If you could leave us a review, that'd be great. We have some fantastic reviews. I think our favourite one so far is being likened to a warm bath. That's right. My wife tells lovely. people that. She, yeah. she tells that story. Um, so, yeah, so thank you for listening and uh, speak to you again soon. Bye. I got a swarm. Ooh. I know. I was I was driving along the field and I thought that's a lot of bees. <laughs> <laughs>